Somehow I made my Wikipedia small in the same way that I made my New York Times small. Everything you have on your computer is small. (laughs) Wait, Bob, press control. Wait, press control and then plus. Control plus. Ah, there it is. There we go. I was down at 70% for Wikipedia. Thanks, Lori. You're so smart. Ah, you're so fucking smart, Lori. You were hot. Start your stupid show. If you were smart and hot, we'd be really fucking cooking with gas, but no. We're married. What are you going to do? Here we are, Abe. Cast iron brains, Abe. Podcast that is thankful to have taken the week off last week, thus having avoided the maudlin, clawing, and humiliating exercise of ticking through a bunch of shit we're allegedly thankful for this year. All while studiously avoiding mentioning the shameful and gluttonous and stupendous bounty that simply existing in relatively modest circumstances in modernity confers upon us here at the tail end of history, entertaining ourselves to death and still quite upset about it. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How are you doing, Lori? Fine, 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 fine. Lori is fine, 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 fine. Tonight is Monday, November 28th, 2022. Took the week off last week, Abe. Abe, we had, you had two weeks. You, you went on adventures. You went to New York City. <laughs> we had Thanksgiving. You, you must have some... I know that you must have brought some juice. You brought some anecdotes, <laughs> some entertaining content for the maw here at the top. What do you got, Abe? Well, I don't know about entertaining. Uh, but So, yeah, I, uh, the week before Thanksgiving, I went up to New York, had a pleasant weekend, uh, see a friend of mine, a uh, college roommate, um, and he lives now by Columbia University in Harlem, so we just were mostly there, but we use their little subway system. By the way, great public transportation in New York. It's great. So a great weekend, a little chilly, but uh, this past week, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, I'm sure you guys did your, I saw some picture or a picture from Turkey. Uh, I went to a, uh, a Friendsgiving, one of these rackets where uh, you go with a bunch of friends. It's just <laughs> Thanksgiving. A racket. It's, I don't know why people feel the need to it might, call it something else. Yeah, I don't know why it's called Friendsgiving either. It's just, it's just Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It's the same fucking thing. I mean, you call it a racket. I assume that you you were either fleeced out of a small pile of money no. as a result of this, or perhaps <laughs> they made you sit through some sort of timeshare type presentation on a sketchy crypto investment or something like that. No, nothing that extreme. Uh, the reason why... The, there's a distinguishing Friendsgiving. It's because this is a double dipping Thursday regular Thanksgiving and a Saturday Friendsgiving, right? That's why uh-huh. it's a record. Not like just one thing. It's like two things back still, to back. Still, Anyways. I still think it's just Thanksgiving. Did so, your family come around on Thanksgiving? Like, don't yeah. you do a family Thanksgiving right, thing? Right, and that would be fine. But right. it basically should be either or. I, maybe uh, alternate now. One year friends, one year family. Maybe that'll work go- going forward in my advanced age. Abe's got a lot going on. <laughs> can't be bothered to it's go to like... two dinners over the course of four days. I don't know what it is, but like, oh, fuck, I got to drive over there and entertain people. But uh, so th- what I noticed, and I was going to present this to you, is uh, so Friendsgiving and, you know, we're getting old, right? And now, uh, at the beginning, uh, when you know, there's some people that I don't know. They're not friends of mine. Uh, you know, they say right. friendsgiving loosely. <laughs> so somebody's friend, right? Uh, uh, fr- friends of friendsgiving. Yes. yes. 
So you usually, you know, when, when somebody there is new, you do the stupid, hey, how do you know so-and-so? You know, like, what's your in, right? Uh, and this was my first experience of the in is through the children and not uh, through other adults. Like, oh, I know this guy from college or we work together. It's like my child plays with that person's child and that's why I'm here, right? Basically, mm-hmm. it was one of those where it's like we actually aren't friendly adults, our children. Who the hell were you? Wait, 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 wait. This was not you, though, obviously. No, not me. This Basically, was... I was like, hey, I've never seen you before. i got a shitty memory, but I've never seen you. Right. Like, how do you know so-and-so? And uh, they're like, oh, no, no, I don't know them. Just our kids, they play together. And how old like are best the friends. kids? They're like four or five years old. Just little kids. But they didn't know anybody. And, and so throughout, you know, I was like, okay, that's great. Everybody kind of gets gets in these little groups and they start shooting their shit. And most people know each other going back years, right? Except right. A, a handful of people who don't know any – there's no real connection other than the kids. And the kids are outside playing. Weather was pleasant. It was like in the 60s. So they were able to just run around and do whatever kids do. How right? many people were at this event altogether? I don't know, like 20. I don't know. There's like a bunch oh, that's of people. a lot of fucking right? people. Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Yeah. And this was uh, during the Georgia-Georgia Tech game and some of the other stuff uh, that was going on. So it was fun. But every now and again, I would look over my shoulder while I'm just talking to people that I actually know. And I noticed that the people who are just parents of the kids that are friends aren't talking to anybody. And I was right. like... Maybe the host or somebody. I don't know whose responsibility it is to bring somebody into the fold. You know. <laughs> yeah. So is it like me? I'm the outsider. Should I try to work somebody in? Like, hey, what do you think about Georgia? Unstoppable or one of my stupid? Yeah, like- how about how about this Gibson character, this third string tech quarterback? What what's that about? Huh? <laughs> anything. There's like soccer. There's you can talk about anything. And I did it for a while with some of the people, but it was just like there was just this one guy that was just there. Just sitting on an island, and I was like, somebody should intervene. I don't know know if you you ever felt that. Like, maybe we should work this guy in. Yes, Abe, I talk to people for my job all day and try to make them feel comfortable and open up to me. Yeah. And that guy, if it's not video games, guaranteed, it's cats. Okay. Do you, have, do you have a cat? Hey, well, you I need do. To do. I have yeah, four just cats. Walk up to sad, lonely-looking strangers and ask them about their cats. It'll work. That's very They'll normal. That's what they you will be immediately doing. open up to you uh. if it's not video games. Sometimes it's video game nerds, movie, you know, like nerdy stuff. Yeah. But if it's not that, it's cats. A hundred percent of the All time. All right. That's actually a good thing. I'm going to try that in future such uh, situations. Maybe. It'll how work. was the How was the city? Besides the subway, I mean. It was great. We I was out very late one night because, like, by the way, did you know the trains run at all hours? Like, it's, like, amazing. We were in Brooklyn for some reason. There was, um, we went to this place or was some live music or something. Just like, oh, we should go out and do something because up until the Saturday, we were just kind of just hanging out at his place and we went to a uh, Ivy League football game. By the way, Lori, you know how you poo-poo Virginia for, like, these bums? They just watch the game and they leave? Yep. I saw that. I mean, you know, Columbia University isn't at the level yep. of Virginia football, but Wait, I Columbia saw that. Columbia has a football team? They, yeah, they have a the football Ivy team. League. I know that there's an Ivy League, but like, I figured, like, Harvard and Yale and, like, I don't know. No, uh, they, they had a football team UConn and then. Uh, or something. I don't know who's in the Ivy League. <laughs> uh, Cornell, I think, is who they were playing. But uh, just, it wasn't just us. Basically, like, in, like seven minutes into the third quarter, 
Everybody just kind of was like, all right, that's enough football. Wow, they and made like, it past halftime. Yeah. We wanted wow. to see the halftime show. They, they don't do that here. Were they serving alcohol in the stadium? They... That's a good question. I had like some weird uh, hot chocolate coffee mix, which I didn't know you can mix those two things. It was great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you, apparently, you you don't have to like you drink one cup any of coffee. Two I know, but then, like <laughs> I never realized you could mix chocolate and coffee. It's, it's like the most common and simple. I, I honestly did not know that. Like uh, my friend was like. Uh, Oh, let it's me just, get a mixture of just, these two. They just call it a, a mocha. Is yeah, some, what most people. Yeah. It, it, apparently, that's a word for it because the, the guy was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, of course." That. What else do you want? Like, I was like, "You actually have that?" I was like, "Yeah, let me get two of those." But wait, yes, wait. I don't. I don't All know right. if they. I know this alcohol. is going to be. This might be out of your league here, uh, <laughs> guy behind the, the the barista fella. But I want you to do this <laughs> wild thing. This, this is very special. You take like seventy five percent coffee and then dump a bunch of hot chocolate syrup in it and mix it together. Maybe maybe hit it with some whipped cream at the top no, it, too when it, you're done. No whipped cream. It was just those two things, and it was fifty fifty. I asked for it, but anyways, uh, everybody just kind of left. Uh, we stayed just to see what. A Ivy League halftime show would look like, and it was basically just like one, like there was some sort of cheerleading. No, it was, it was them spelling their own farts. Don't say anymore. It was a <laughs> bunch of alumni <laughs> farting and then bending over and smelling it. I some, accept no other answer. <laughs> there, surely there was a band, though, right? The band. There was no halftime. band. There was like with their this, butts. A very small group of people dancing to one song, just like they just hey, and then the song ends and they're gone. And they brought in some like high school group or some African inspired group, and they did like two songs, and then that was it. It was a very weird halftime thing. It looked almost like a high school. Uh, the so who won the game? Did, did you stay to the end? Oh, I think uh, Columbia clean house. I you know I called the game. It was like they were up like twenty one seven. I was like, oh, this game is over. Let's leave. <laughs> and it was like thirty five seven by the time we were midtown, uh, New York. But no, it was a positive things to say about New York. It's a great city. I saw a bunch of rats on the subway. It was great. You can't go wrong. Did you get crimed at all? No crime. No was crime. Done to you? Although there. At different stops, there was a very heavy police presence. I don't know what that's about. That's way too much police hanging out. I mean, well, that's, just what, be- that's what Eric Adams has brought to the city, right? Is he, he promised Maybe. he's going to clean shit up. Yeah. yeah. In in uh, going back to the the Brooklyn live music thing, so we go there, and we just get in like five minutes in, just to about to grab a, a drink and about to sit down, and the fire alarm goes off and nobody moves. Like they're like ah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> We're like, let's just, let's just kind of navigate near the exit in case there's actually right. a, like a, a run for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we want to play it cool, too, but we, want, we don't want to be like at the front. Uh, the fire department comes, they walk through, nobody's leaving still. They just do something, and then music goes back on. And it was the weirdest thing. It's like, one day, this is, there's actually going to be a real fire, and half yeah. of you will be dead. But uh, that was like the most lively of the, the nights. Well, you know, don't want to look like an asshole. I'd much rather just burn to death than look like an asshole out on <laughs> the mean, sidewalk. It was especially cold that night. Maybe that's what it was. But, uh, yeah, no movement from anyone. Yeah. We uh, – what did we do this past week? We, uh, had Thanksgiving. we had Thanksgiving. We had a nice, chill Thanksgiving. After the last couple of years, we had the neighbor family come over for our – so we Which had this sort the of – The neighbor family plus some, too. Right. So neighbor family plus – my dad, your dad, various dads, and other sisters. combination of families. Oh, nice! Um, but this year it was just it was just Julia, the four of us plus Lori's friend Julia, and it was a very 
relaxed situation. And yeah, I fried a couple of turkeys again this year in the front yard, did so successfully without burning the house down. Once <laughs> again, continues. or hurting yourself. It was close a couple times. Yeah, didn't didn't get any dramatics with the. Some you can go online and just like look on YouTube for frying turkey yes. explosion that sort of thing. Those are always and fun. Always fun. That didn't happen, fortunately. Let's see what can we talk about this week. Nothing. Nothing happened. Everything's been fine in the country. Yeah. So. Briefly on the uh, my, my reaction to what happened out in Colorado will not be surprising to anyone, uh, but there was a, a shooting at the Club Q. I think was the name of the nightclub that out was there. Like three shootings ago, or like yeah, like a while. Was it three whole shootings ago? I don't know. But at least, at least one two. Other. There was the one here. Yeah, because there was the Walmart, the lunatic who went yeah. postal at his no, own Walmart. This morning, I you know you wake up and you look at your phone. And I was like, huh, no mass shooting. Yeah. Like, there was a that's, uh, that's a shootout good. in uh, Atlanta over the weekend uh, where 12 and 13-year-olds are shooting at each other. A 12-year-old was killed among the bunch. Well, so that's shouldn't do great. that. A lot of those. Yeah. That, that's got to fall on the parents, by the way. I mean, under 15, that's like, uh, what, what's going on? Why are 12-year-olds no. running around with guns? Yeah, I was... <laughs> Uh, I was talking to my dad. I picked my dad up from the airport. Dad got back from a week in Denver visiting my brother. And, uh, his, you know, our our niece, our niece is... Uh, five. She's five. And she's, you know, five-year-olds can be a challenge at times. And I think that she she can, she puts on a little bit of an attitude sometimes. And that, that sort of thing, which is fine. You know, it's just kid kid stuff. But <laughs> trying to say this delicately without sounding like I'm dumping on uh, my own brother and his family, which I'm not. But dumping on your brother is like the dumping fucking best. Dumping on my brother best. is fun, right? Fuck but, that guy usually. Uh, but the the fact that you're you're like some of this has got to be on the parents when you're 12 years old and you've got a gun sort of thing. Like I, I look around and not just with like our niece, who's a you know wonderful wonderful child, of course. Uh, but like other kids in the neighborhood when they're acting out and and like doing bad shit. And it's like, it, it's it's not that I want to say that, like, because I recognize Lori and I incredibly fortunate to have the children that we have in terms of like the way that they behave, the fact that they are like some people would be mad that their kids are one way at home, but then you hear from the teachers like just wonderful, beautiful. I couldn't ask for better kids than your kids. If I had a room full of just your kids, I would teach for free and I would never ask for anything ever yeah. again. And I would do it until I, the day I died. And I wouldn't even think twice about it. And it's like, and we get them home and they're like, they're fucking assholes. They, they can be fucking monsters like any other kids can be. But like to me, like that is a great success. Yeah, that's what you want. Like that's yes. what you yes. want exactly. is you want them to be the way that they are at home. And then they go out into the world and they're. Just they're model citizens. I'm way nicer to my yeah. clients than I am to anyone here. Right. Like you want that's how you want to be in public. Like it's such a huge thing. Like to me, and maybe that's just maybe to some people that would be like uh like being inauthentic or something in the world. Like they're not you're not being your true self if you're acting a certain way in public versus how you behave at home. It's like 
No, this is that's the exact sort of hypocrisy yeah. that we should all be aiming for. Right. Is like a great deal of pretending to be a well put together human being when you're out in public. And then yeah, when you get home, the defenses come down a little bit and it's like, oh, I'm just a fucking slob. Right. right? It's just stirring my own shit all the time. So yeah, I, I recognize how lucky we are to have the kids that we are just by by sheer sort of happenstance, right? Also, it's just, I'm sure you two have uh, cultivated some of these good behaviors. So that's what I'm saying, you know, right? That's, this is what I'm saying. Is like, and then I watch enough of these kids acting like total little shitheads out there on the playground or what have you. And it's like, yeah, some percentage of it, not saying what percentage falls where, is just, man, I'm glad that's not my kid because I wouldn't know. Like, there's just, there's, right. there's nothing that I could do there that I think that could actually fix it. Maybe I could mold it a little right. bit, but right. there's not, nothing that I could bring to the table would fix that fucking shit. But like, at the same time, it's hard for me to hear when when somebody's being particularly it's like well at some point I simply wouldn't tolerate that right. like, like it's at some point whatever it is that made me make that my kid into my kid would have intervened in some yes. significant way right. and this would like it just simply wouldn't happen right. if that was my kid is right. is the they way might that take my brain a little abuse but they'd be better for it in the long run <laughs> right anyway that you're talking about let's not we we got to put some blame on the parents when they're 12 combined with my dad sort of complaining about right. how his other granddaughter was behaving for large chunks of the week it's like yeah you don't want to blame <laughs> the child entire or the parents entirely right. but at, at but, some but point it's, there's yeah. the, it's a mixture and also i mean going back to the the 12 year olds i mean i was 12 once i mean like to get to the point where you are shooting at other groups of similar age, like barely teenagers, over some nonsense, you know, like that. No, it's that's, it's that's literally also, completely unthinkable. It is so entirely divorced right. from my experience of being in the world as a twelve-year-old that I, I, it, I don't even know that you can put it on parents. Like I assume that you can put it on parents to some degree, but like. That just seems to me to be such an entirely alien world from the experience of myself growing up in terms of like my biggest problems when I was 12. I can't even imagine what they were like. like it, it certainly had nothing to do. Like there was one kid in my town who was a total dick. His name was James Loggins. I don't know what his deal is now. I, maybe he grew up. He grew probably out. He turned it, the corner. Yeah, probably a good person yeah, right now. For all I know, he's a great upstanding. He's probably not. But 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 for all I know, he turned life around. Might and be okay though. Yeah, he might be generally okay. And, like, was I always perfect with James Loggins? Probably not. But, like, that was after years of provocation from this piece of shit. Just always being a dick right. and being, like, a mad dick for no good reason. And it's he like, probably had a reason, though. Right. He probably had a bad home life. Like, I'm not saying that it came from nothing. Like, and in fact, now that I think about it. For a second, I'm pretty sure he did have a pretty shitty home life. But again, I, I right. don't remember that. Uh, in it's terms also of... not for 12-year-old you to know. Right, but that's what I mean. It's like the, that was the full extent of my problems as a 12-year-old was there was this kid who lived in my town who was kind of a dick when we would run into him in public. Like that was it. Like, right. there, was, there were no guns or potential shootings going on or anything like that. Right, but that's why I suspect that the parents have a lot as far as how the kid turns out because – I suspect a lot of the kids that are just kind of running around, 
in this city and I'm sure other major cities, there's like this parental like vacuum, like the, maybe it's like a single parent yes, and the mother's got to work a lot. It's Yes. And also that mother, yeah. she didn't have a mom either. Exactly, and then yeah. her mom right. didn't have it's one. Just, yeah. This has been modeled right. for fucking ever. Right. And it's literally the entire problem with right. everything. Right. Right. Because then you're left with peers kind of raising each other like shithead and if this takes one in the group like and hey they've also only had shitty yeah, models it's, too it's right. way worse than peers it's like it's fucking video games and tiktok and right all or the whatever they shit. see like, yeah because i'm like how yeah. do, i think the the cop was like they got in contact and this is back it's still the atlanta story uh they got in touch with some of the parents and they weren't even they didn't even know the whereabouts of their kids and it was like yeah 11 p.m on one of the holiday nights it was like some weird like very late uh they right. had this weapons. is why, like, anytime you hear, remember, we used to grow up and listen to like uh, Tipper Gore and and the other yes. like <laughs> fight for the family or whatever organizations, right. Right. worried about uh, violence in gangster rap lyrics or violence in video games and that sort of thing. It's like my buddy growing up, my best friend growing up, Brian, had all of the violent rap stuff that we wanted to listen to, and we'd listen to it in his basement in his beautiful half a million dollar house or whatever that it would go for now. Probably that house is probably a million dollar house now that yeah, I think about gorgeous. it. Yeah, gorgeous. But like, yeah, this gorgeous suburban house. Uh, he had his own basement floor that was his bedroom, basically. And we listened to whatever we want. Like, the misogyny and violence right. of those lyrics had absolutely zero chance of having a profound negative impact on us on the long run because we had this entire, like, massive support system, right. whether it was the schools and our parents and the fact that, like, his mom was upstairs, my mom was right down the street. Like, we, we went to church, we played on the CYO basketball team. Right. Like, there's zero chance chance that the lyrics or the video games were going to fuck us up in any significant way but if instead we were babysat by those things from right. the time that we were nine years old all the way through high school it probably would have been a different story right right i anyway. remember oh never mind no go ahead i mean when i had katie when katie who is old now was a baby like a little baby like a we were still in Athens. Bob was working all the time. Calvin was two. And it was like this exact time of year. It was Christmas time. And I remember one night she was being really annoying and like wouldn't, she just wouldn't, it wasn't like she was screaming, crying, but it was just like, eh, eh. And she didn't want to be held, and but she had to be held and everything just fucking sucked. And I wanted to just like, punch her in the face <laughs> or throw her out the window and i called bob at work and i was like you need to come home now <laughs> and he showed how quickly he could get home after all which was interesting because all the other nights it took 20 30 minutes but on this night he was right there right. all right to be fair i used to if if this is a night that i'm coming home probably a thursday night you're describing, if I had to guess. You Well, it was the weird, it was, you were working a weird schedule where you were working just like neither open nor close. Yeah. So don't like try rush. to justify that. Anyway, the point is, I probably hadn't eaten, what you're, I'm going to defend myself because what you're describing is, yes, I'm coming home now, but also I haven't eaten in 14 fucking hours and I'm going to stop and get some beer because like the only thing that keeps me sane is a couple of beers and a pile of Barbaritos after my 14 okay. hour day. No, but whatever. Anyway, you. he came right home and he took the baby and he was like, go to sleep. And I was like, I'm not fucking tired. I just 
need to not hold a baby right now. Right. And I fell asleep in like two seconds. God, it's first class dadding and husbanding by me. And yeah. I have I okay. have zero memory of this incident yeah. at so all. I, I woke in all up... likelihood because I hadn't slept for 30 no, no, out of the previous 32 hours. No, no, this was you were hours. sleeping. You don't remember. This was, you, you were sleeping at night a normal amount and going to work during the day. Sort of like a more normal person's schedule right. because of the baby. But right. that's not the point right now. The point is, he came home, took the baby, I went to sleep, which I, I was actually tired, I didn't know, but because I was like amped, and then I woke up, I don't know, at some point the next morning, like who knows what the night was like, and I felt much better, and I thought, that is why there's crime, yes. because... <laughs> Lori needed to sleep off her no, murderous because, mom energy. Because... <laughs> How many millions of brand new moms have the exact experience that I had and have no one to come help them with it? So they drink or they just neglect the children. Like that is 100% why there's crime. To be fair, neglect is a better option than whatever violences you were imagining doing to our relatively newborn infant. Yeah, but what if then you just don't feed it? It's still better than yeah, whatever no. the violence was. I'm not, you're not understanding, or you are, you're just being annoying. But like, be, you know, because I know that how I was feeling was not good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Then I, it you was know, irrational. I was like, hey, I need it, a hand. It helps but, to have multiple parents around yeah, to but I also share had the burden of my own parents who, who didn't let me feel you know like they they had help and every you know it takes a village and all that and it that's why there's crime that's it and it's gotta be because uh, moms are tired it's gotta be very stressful also if you're like like in a very bad way financially too like you know you have this kid and you have to you know a lot of these states don't offer a lot of help and it's like you're already stretched with a kid and stretched with how do you make ends meet this can be fun Definitely force people to have babies, though. Yeah. This is yeah. great. So uh, speaking of sometimes it's the parents' fault, let's play a quick video clip here. Uh, you, Of course, you in the audience will just get the hmm. audio. Theater of the mind. This is the father. Oh, my God. What a sack the, of shit. <laughs> of the gentleman. Or sorry, of the non-binary human being who shot up the uh, Colorado. Oh, are they non-binary? Gay club. Uh, That was the claim in court. Anyway, here's this. Here's this guy. There was a shooting involving you know multiple people. Right. And then I thought they were on one to find it's a a gay bar. Yeah. Right. And and I was like, oh my god, is he gay? As a scare, oh my god, shit, is he gay? Hmm. And he's not gay. So it's like, well, you guys had had conversations about that you you were oh yeah like, you, you, I was you adamant him, yeah you were adamant that gay is, adamant gay is bad yeah. I'm a Mormon I'm a conservative Republican and we don't do gay we don't do, yeah. gay. We don't do gay yeah I don't know what the heck you do we have a gay bar um, I don't know what's going well he's accused of going on a mass shooting at a gay bar and killing five people Colorado's okay well well I saw shit so if he's accused of doing that I, I, I'm surprised not gay well, I can say that but he's not gay this I crave him for violent well behavior person. really early. I still say that it works. It is in, it's instant, and, it, and you'll get immediate results. So as to what Lori just said, you know, when I watched the clip, I was like, oh, he's 
uh, intoxicated in some form, but then, you know, th- this is like multiple clips uh, of him. And then the, right. the second clip, he seems sober, but he has a lot of the same mannerisms of somebody who's intoxicated. So yeah. I don't know what's going on with him. Maybe it's just a I lot of... I believe he's done a... He's done a great deal of methamphetamine in his in his time. And he appears. I, yeah, I think, not, it, okay. I think it's had an impact. I don't know if he's still. What does the like, uh, yeah, Mormon faith sounds uh, drunk? Think of that. Like it is weird how he <laughs> invoked that he's, he is some he's sort of invoking his Mormon faith and his uh, conservative republicanism, and is just relieved to find out his son is not gay. And obviously, there's no excuse for shooting up the gay bar, but at least he's not gay. Right. Uh, this is a this is an, an individual who has both had a long career as an MMA fighter, mm-hmm. uh, like a career subsistence MMA fighter. He's he's right at five hundred or or just above it, and also a career in a long, pornography. A long ah. career in that field. I don't I don't know how long his career was in pornography, but he is searchable on. The, no, thank you. On like your your typical porn tube sites, like the he's 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 not just an anonymous coxman or what have you. He is right. in fact uh, he was a, a hired hand. Yeah, it, it, it you know I, I'm inclined to discount what this person says, similar to what like Laura is saying that this person's not well. But it is weird how the you know no judgment on my end, but the the porn totally fine, the meth totally fine. Uh, the killing of people, eh, what are you going to do? Sometimes it happens. But the, it's, it's this weird fixation on certain things that people have. It's like as long as he's not gay, everything else I can kind of over – it's just a very weird uh, way to look at the world. And again, it could very just be the, the punches to the head and the drugs and the whatever talking. But it's, it's hard to come to terms with what percentage of not just American people, but like there's just a percentage of people – in the world who believe that homosexuality is completely deranged, yes. right? Like, and there's like, there, I, I find them to be wrong, right? To just right. to be clear, right. they're wrong about that, but they believe it is as abominable to them as anything imaginable. And that's not just American culture. And I, this is a bugaboo of mine lately, but like, uh, I think we talked about it when we talked about the Monte, Manti Teo documentary. So, so a lot of times you see people online pointing to other cultures for how progressive they are in terms of uh, transgenderism. Oh, and, but Matt Walsh went to Africa and showed you that's not true. Right. And, and that you, you can go and you look at uh, whether it's the Samoans or, or some other Pacific Islander type nations or like the American Indians, they have, there's the third gender or what, or what have you. Uh, and that sort of thing. And they're always pointing to uh, these other cultures as being far more progressive and accepting of people who are not the gender that they uh, biologically present as, or, or the way that they were raised. And so many of those cultures are just at at its core the thing that appears to be a progressive acceptance of a transgender individual is just a vicious homophobia yeah. at, at at its bottom right which is that the worst thing imaginable is that you have a little boy who wants to fuck other uh you know who grows up to be a man who wants to fuck other men right. like that is the thing that is completely unacceptable so it's so completely unacceptable that this 
this man must actually be a woman. And we are going to forcibly transition this group of – because we, we don't have any homosexuals in our culture. What we have are ladyboys oh. who, uh, who become women, and therefore it is now acceptable for them uh, to have sex with and to attract other men that's, to have sex with them. That's interesting because I – so you're saying that uh, it, some people – it's more palatable to them to frame it that way than to accept that a – Person, a boy likes another boy, or a woman likes another woman. Like to say that, right. oh, it's just, it's just not that, and and it, it's weirdly essentializing in the same way that I find a lot of the gender stuff is in a way that like it's just supposed to be this progressive movement that just accepts people for who they are, but instead what it's doing is it's forcing people back into the rigid binaries that they allege that they're escaping from, and okay. like it, it just keeps coming up in that way. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I never actually made that connection, but that's interesting. Just like, oh, change the math a little bit to get to whatever you wanted. Right. And, it, you know, it, you do what you got to do to, as Savage says, do what you do to stay married and stay sane. You do what you got to do to keep a fucking society from just, like, murdering people, right? Right. Because if... if do if, you? If, if uh, we al- don't do that. No, I know. We don't do that. But, like, if the alternative for this Pacific Islander culture is, like, well, we're just going to have a bunch of ladyboys instead of homosexuals, right. then that's what we got to do. Because right. we have to make an allowance for this weird small percentage of an outlier population who turns out to be different from the way that we accept and we have this sort of vicious undercurrent of homophobia in our culture that we're just not going to be able to wish away so we got to do something about it and what we do is we accept this other thing right right anyway the colorado thing is a it was a mess because the and it's very typical of me to complain about this i recognize that but it was it was awful uh reading about everyone blaming this on all of the conservative media and the yes like anybody who's ever had any raised any questions about uh, gender ideology and the un like basically if you've shared a New York Times article in the last five years about whether or not it's a good idea to, to uh, give puberty blockers to 12 year olds, then you helped contribute to this thing that happened in Colorado because this was obviously a hate crime by a deranged hate filled individual rather than just a fucking crazy person, right. which is what it like by, by all accounts, this is his dad and his mom is a basket case too. If you read about her history yeah. uh, she had to give him up to the to her parents because she couldn't keep her shit together because she was a crazy person so dad's a nut uh, drug addict uh, mom was a nut drug addict who had to give it up to her parents and dad or granddad on that side is a former uh, mayor in a city in california and a complete maga shithead uh, who talks about election denial stuff online like he does not like this is a, a whole family tree of complete fucking nut jobs right, right. and and to suggest and and yeah granted it doesn't look great because dad is dad's an angry man when it comes to the gay stuff right. and who knows how much that that particular internalized right homophobia type stuff factored in here but like the idea that we can just figure out based on who the victims are uh who else is at fault in the culture and then and then condemn a whole range of thought or even just uh, just people who just have questions about things as being contributing to the death of trans and 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 gay people is just despicable to me and I'm glad that we weren't here to talk about it last week because I would have lost my shit about it. I I don't know how many people uh, this includes, but there does seem to be a segment of the news consuming, consuming population that they're just in it for – to use whatever happens uh, 
against somebody that they don't like. Like, you know, like you see this, I mean, not to do the both sides thing, but you know, like if there were a, uh, a gun related uh, shooting in a very uh, gun control heavy state, what's the story? It's not like, oh, it sucks about all the people that died. It's not that. It's like, oh, the laws didn't prevent that from happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or in this case, instead of just kind of letting things play out, I always say, give it a few days. You know, with the TV rating systems, they have the live plus three the live plus seven to kind of give you a better sense of how many people watch a certain program. Like if you do like news and then do like plus three days, that's kind of let the story kind of develop and then you can do whatever you want uh, with that information. Uh, It seems like as soon as they hear, you know, there was a shooting at a gay place, right? And I'm sure there's a a not insignificant number of people were like, I hope it's, uh, it's not, it's, uh, not some random thing, you know, it's, it's like some MAGA type or some crazy person because then that can be used against my political adversaries. Instead of just being like, this is a tragedy, it happens too much, people have ample opportunity to get these guns to kill people at will, and there's not much that we can do about it. Like, instead of the story being that, it's just like, oh, th- th- you you wrote an article six months ago uh, questioning A, B, and C, and you kind of contributed to that. That's not really... Uh, a very helpful thing because what is that person going to do? He's going to join you now? Like, well, thanks for shitting all over me. Let me join your cause. Just as human nature, people will just pull away further, right? And so you want to get more people on the same page that this is happening too much. Whatever we try is not going to solve all of it, but we have to try something. But instead, the story is your side this, that, that goes against your side. And then the next thing, uh, some other thing happens and the, the situation is slightly different and it'll be on my side. And now we're just kind of going back and forth and it's like, whose fault is it? And these weird kind of arguments. It seems like it's not very helpful. Right, and it creates it creates an entirely false thing where you feel like you have to take sides. Like it forces people into feeling like they're supposed to take sides. Like there's a, Like there's a side here to take that's better than the other. And I know that, it, again, typical of my line of thinking, I suppose. But it gives – so the, the Buffalo guy is in the news again today because he just pleaded guilty to the to the, the killings that he did a few months back yeah. in the, the grocery store, which was – I think that was the first one in a spate, right? Like we had a uh, – there was a lull, a lull and then there yeah. was the Buffalo one and there were a few in a row there. Uh, maybe I'm getting that backwards with the – There are so many. With the tree I of life I feel like one, there's but, never really a lull. Yeah. It's like I think COVID we had Buffalo, infection. and then immediately on top of that, we had the Uvalde one. So it felt like it well, was. Well, and there was the Asian massage place. Yeah, there's so many. There's it's so, not yeah. even worth it. Anyway, in a weird way, when somebody like that, who's personally declared his white supremacy, whether it's the Buffalo asshole or the South Carolina church guy or something like that, when a progressive or or the news media comes out and says this is a, a hate attacked motivated by right-wing ideology, and the person comes out and agrees with them and says, yes, I, I'm a, a, I avow myself as a, as a white supremacist, in a weird way, it allows the people who share that ideology completely off the hook because in, in a way they're like, well, we might share a certain amount of politics, but in no way am I yeah. a white supremacist. You said this six or eight or 12 or 18 months ago when that happened i probably did you're right you i don't did. don't have original thoughts on this matter and i don't <laughs> pretend to but there's just it, 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 there, there's a weird way that it functions in which it allows that person 
to be completely separated from the group of people that he would probably more likely identify with, largely because, in fact, he doesn't – he believes those to be quislings, right? right? The ones who are on his side politically but aren't willing to pick up the gun and walk into the church and kill a, a group of elderly black people yeah. who are praying, right, in, in an attempt to start a race war. All of those people are cowards, that if you really had the courage of your convictions, you would go do that thing. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying here, but – but at, at, at the very least, you would think there would be some movement on the debate, but we have the same – everybody kind of falls back to the same thing and nothing – No, Abe, it's because of border control. It's because yeah. of the fentanyl. Right. Have you not seen the the fe- the Chinese with the border crossing? Right. That's the problem. Lori is referring to a, an interview that – who's the – James – Some idiot. It doesn't matter. I forget the guy's name. He's going to be – in charge of House Oversight this year, now that Texas. the Republicans are taking over. It's like James Connor or something like that. God damn it. Now I got to look it up just to satisfy my own brain. James Comer, forgive me, representative out of Republican representative out of Kentucky, was Kentucky. on uh, Meet the Press with Chuck Todd this weekend. And he was asked about gun control shootings and this sort of thing. And his response was to pivot to the border and fentanyl and it was it was very annoying how would you suggest we go about preventing mentally uh unstable folks from purchasing guns if we don't have a waiting period or don't have um, certain classifications for, for certain weapons is there a way to do this well, there, that's something that Congress is, I'm sure, going to discuss. Uh, it's been discussed the entire six years I've been in Congress. It, it's very difficult. You know, the, the number one priority with respect to crime in America for Republicans is going to be the fentanyl crisis. We, we talk about uh, terrible gun crimes in America, but we've had over 100,000 deaths uh, because of fentanyl pouring across our border, which is unsecured right now. That's going to be the top priority for Republicans uh, come January. Anyway, I forget where we were even going with all of that. Yeah, what were you saying, Abe? No, I was just saying, like, I always think that, you know, these things will continue to happen. And at the very least, there should be some movement in the debate. Like, okay, maybe we can do something about ABNC, but it's always just like, I hope it's something, you know, it's, it's, I'm not saying people are hoping for these things to happen, but once it happens, they hope that. It's a certain way. It's not. It's not a somebody who can be linked to their side, whatever that is. And that's all people care about. And as as long as it's not that, then they're like, "Whew!" Kind of like that crazy crackhead father guy. Uh, like I'm glad it's you know he's concerned about the gay side, uh, gay stuff. But people are like doing the math in their heads. Like it's oh, it's not a if you're a MAGA person, you're like. They can't pin this on me. I hope it's a Muslim person because that would be great. If it was a Muslim person, right. then we can just talk it up or some illegal uh, migrant. That would be even better. Talk about the – you know, right. it paired and, well with the border talk. And to be fair to the like most annoying people on the internet these days, which is like, uh, like Ben Collins, NBC News mis- and disinformation guy whose job is to look at the bad parts of Twitter and, uh, and like 4chan and to report on what those people are up to. Is he still on that beat? Uh, Yes. And like, to be fair to him, like, who, who's bad, uh, to be clear, but to be fair to him, Tim, Tim Poole uh, is an asshole who says things like, 
if they're grooming people in these clubs, then, uh, you know, this is the sort of thing that we can expect to happen. Like any, they, some of these people continue to double down on this like groomer talk and that sort of nonsense, which only feeds right back, feeds right back into this whole thing. This is a regular club. These are like 18 or 21 year olds and above, right? Like they're grooming adults. Yes, it's grooming. Oh, they're just saying like words, just like grooming. They're saying words. So some of the, Nonsense people were were talking about how they had just announced that there would be a family-friendly drag event at that club the next day. And it's a good thing there was because that badass guy stopped that other guy from killing everyone. Right. Well, that was that – was, he, he was just there to see his daughter's boyfriend go up on stage. This was not a family-friendly event that night when the gun was brought and people were friendly shot down. Friendly to his family. But it was – Family friendly the next day, apparently, but okay. it doesn't oh, matter. Oh, like kid friendly, right? Like kid friendly. Okay. So there, so there are people that are kind of grasping at some sort of justification instead of just saying this is fucked up, full stop. They're saying, well, is that it? Right. Like- they're saying, well, if we're if we're right about the fact that this is a pedophile grooming league, and that there are like literally tens of millions of liberals in the country who think that this is a good idea and want to turn uh, children into sex objects, then this is just what's going to happen. And well, what, like They're the ones who are, who are creating the environment where that is a potential reality in the minds of people who show up at Comet Ping Pong in D.C. Uh, armed to the teeth and looking for a basement that doesn't exist that's full of sex-trafficked children at the hands of Hillary Clinton, right? And it's You've said it before where like the the grooming and whatever is happening it's just not at gay clubs it's the baseball coach and it's the it's the priest it's the well and there's a documentary on hulu um about like teachers and students it's called keep this between us it's super fucked up right and it's just like these adult teachers and these young girls and right. they're just like, oh, we're in love now. And it's just super fucked up. Right. What do you... I don't know. I got to check on a weird noise. There's a weird noise? noise? You hear it? Bob's got censored ears. He could hear that with the headset on top. Something was tapping. Something was, tapping. Well, what, was it a person? Not a person. Either a small animal or just the wind and a stick or something. Probably murder. This is our last show, everyone. Sorry. Yeah, Not even dead, the last the show. show, like, didn't, who's gonna... show didn't come out because I got murdered <laughs> while editing or something. So. What if the murderer publishes it at the last? That'd be pretty good. <laughs> Probably some fucking pedo groomer out in my backyard yeah. coming to get me for denying their reality. <sighs> anyway, and yeah, with all for all the shooting stuff, like not to say that... Uh, we should do nothing about guns, which I obviously don't agree with and I've talked about in the past at length. But like the Idaho thing, which is just like a complete mystery uh, yeah. and is and is and is Holy shit. not they- going to stay in the national headlines because it doesn't it's not even like it doesn't fit with the right story. It's just that there is no they story. They just don't know. Have they gotten any closer to finding anything? Out? Yeah. It's weird. It's just like, oh, we haven't had a murder since 2015, and now we had like four. Look at this. It's so fucking That's creepy. It's fucked up. And I'm okay. Bad things happened right where we live, like in the same 24 hour period. So people around here 
people I talk to are more focused on that. Yeah. And I want to be like, yeah, but what about that shit in Idaho? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's <laughs> that, fucking crazy. That Idaho one is going to make a way better late night documentary yes, style. That's like, the thing. Uh, this is a, this, like we haven't had thing. a new forensic files thing for a while. Or like a, yeah, we haven't, ha- this will be good for that. Right. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to think about of- the, uh, investigating these kind of things but to me i'm thinking this has got to be like this is not a random act of violence it's somebody that somebody knows like they unless it is like right how is it not the boyfriend right, right? or it's some like, yeah the, they it, keep saying that the police have no suspects why would the boyfriend murder four people i don't know but it's always the fucking boyfriend or the ex-boyfriend or whoever the fuck like, i gotta, think they've accounted for where he was apparently yeah people just don't randomly i mean it happens but it's such a rare thing that's why it's like and what was weird is when the story first came out, they, they kind of like gave the clear, like everything is fine. There's no imminent threat. It's like, you don't know anything. Like, what do you mean? That could be a serial right. killer. It's so, it's a, like, not to get Charles into the, Manson-y. the grisly, yeah. gory details, but like there were the four 20-year-olds were dead in the house. The roommates were in the house. They right. were sleeping. Like they, they woke up the next day. Right. Like, that's it's really it's fucked up. No, no, no. I feel like that's not, that's the creepy, sad part. But like. You don't go check on your roommates. No, in the I'm not morning. saying that they should have known or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like, but in, but, but that kind of removes up. the possibility of like a very violent, like no, they struggle, were sleeping, right? Yeah, no, they were sleeping. Killed in their killed four people in their sleep. There were defensive wounds though on one of them. One of them. One of them woke up while she was up, being yeah. murdered. But like that's not loud, right? Anyway, that, that that's fucked up. Uh, I did. I mentioned I went to go grab my dad from the airport uh, today. I saw the Patriots plane on the runway at our local Charlottesville airport because apparently uh, Robert Kraft in his uh, grand benevolence uh, loans out the Patriots plane when it's not being used by the team uh, for various uh, philanthropic uses. And that includes this week uh, taking the entire team and coaching staff to the three different funerals in three different cities uh, for the entire team to to be able to attend. So that's a nice move by uh, a man who likes a hand job in a massage parlor. Allegedly, doesn't. That's sad. Obnoxious uh, signage on that plane. The tail fin, by the way. And I, you know, I don't want to speak ill of of a of a nice gesture. Yeah, it's a great gesture. A benevolent billionaire. But like they've got all of the Super Bowl, they have the six Super Bowl trophies on the tail fin of the plane, like just very sort yeah. of ostentatiously hey, there. Yeah, you got to let people know this is a winning. If you got to brag about it, though, like is it <laughs> does it really count? I By the way, know. have they gotten any closer to figuring out why the the we won't know till no, there's we won't some know sort of until trial. there's a trial or there's a plea or something. They're yeah. not. That's for lawyers to okay. deal with. Because, yeah, as far as I know, none of his, like, it's not like any of his social media stuff has come out. And there hasn't been, I think to this point, I've still only read one or maybe two articles talking to anyone who even knows this guy. So we've it's been largely radio silence on the on what the motivation could be. He was be. a former football player, right? And a current student, yeah. or at least until the, the incident. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird how there's not a lot of info to go off. Yeah, they decided to cancel both games, and I felt a little bit bummed about that. I re- I think it's great that they're able to go to all three of these funerals. I think that's a, a a good way to get catharsis as a team. So hopefully they'll get that. I was 
I was bummed to, to see that they canceled their last two games of the year and uh, weren't going to get the chance to play uh, Virginia Tech, with, uh, uh, which they would have played last week. With this sort of thing, there really isn't the, a wrong way to go about it. Just whatever you, hey, whatever you guys want to do. You want to yeah. play, you don't want to play. Doesn't, yeah, It's just whatever you want to do. Uh, let's see. In the news today, New York Times and other media outlets have finally called for an end to the Julian Assange prosecution. This is a long time coming, Super and it is boring. it is to their shame that they uh, have not spent the last many years standing up for Julian Assange and his right to publish the things that he published. Uh, as distasteful as I find Julian Assange in general from a personal level, and I do not view him as the hero that many people want him to be or maybe wanted him to be 10 or 15 years ago or whatever when WikiLeaks first got started. Seriously, that's like uh, Bob and Abe volume one. Yeah, that's a long I, time ago, yeah. I do think it was long overdue for uh, Western media outfits to stand up for uh, the First Amendment and their, uh, and, and what would be uh, concerning to them from a, an Assange prosecution. Now, this... Uh carries no legal weight right the the u.s government no, is no, still continuing not. its pursuit of him or, or they're trying to get him from actually where is he did they move him from whatever that embassy he was in the last time in england yeah where is assange right now i don't think he he's not still in the ecuadorian embassy i don't yeah because wasn't there yeah there was like a story about him leaving there but i don't yeah i don't know where his whereabouts is let's see where is julian assange on J- july 1st 2022 it was announced that assange had formally appealed against the extradition order he's been confined in belmarsh a category a prison in london since april 2019 oh wow he didn't actually in a prison that's what wikipedia says Look and you know what that. they say about wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> by the way uh overall the the effort to uh punish people like the Assange uh, types and the others has been successful, right? Because or like Edward Snowden and whatnot, because like their lives have been like disrupted significantly. I mean, Snowden, what is right. he like a Russian citizen now? Like that can't be what he imagined he would be doing. Uh, and, and Assange is in prison. I mean, he was in, uh, he was locked up in that embassy for a while, but now he's in prison. There was that, that sex uh, assault allegation that kind of came and went. Uh, I don't know what happened to that. I don't know if there's any outstanding sexual allegations against him. But on the whole, if you were wanted to leak information, government also, information— not, not not clear how legitimate those were for what it's right. worth. Right, yeah, because yeah. a lot of them uh, didn't— st- But, you know, who knows? We weren't there. But, like, yeah, I, I just haven't heard anything about it— uh, so, like, if you are the next generation Assange or the next generation uh, Snowden, you look at their experience and you look at the impact that their actions had, which is very negligible, right? Who would want to take on that mantle going forward? Because it's like the general public generally doesn't care, right? Yeah. And you just get into a lot of trouble. So it seems to me like whatever comes of this like if they just eventually I, mean, I don't think i don't think you cure somebody with a bit of a messianic notion of themselves just by showing how various other messianic figures sort of failed in their mission uh <laughs> that's true do, do you do you think that that you, it requires that to be these guys these type of people like you have to i mean assange is absolutely that snowden's got a little touch of it i think at times in terms of his own self-conception and then the further down the line, like the like, like reality winner, winner yeah. probably doesn't. Uh, Chelsea Manning, 
Chelsea, yeah, I mean, Chelsea Manning probably doesn't, but she got pardoned. I mean, she's uh, got a book out now, so it's like things have uh, worked out okay for the, for her. Yeah. Uh, have you been watching the World Cup? I have watched bits and pieces. Uh, I watched, actually, the only game that I watched in full was the not that exciting 0-0 draw between uh, the Americans and those English I went to a bar to watch it. Uh, a lot of people yeah. were there. And it's kind of like, you know, the, the, the rub with uh, soccer is that you can have these very boring ties. I mean, I guess some people found interesting these uh, back and forth, nothing happening for 90 minutes. It was but- a compelling enough. As ties, as, as nil-nil ties go, it was a compelling enough game. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't it's a total the worst kind of tie. One, one, give me some action, you know, some yeah. intrigue. But if nothing is happening... Uh, but yeah, I watched that. Uh, have you watched any of the upsets or any? Uh, the ratings have been I've pretty watched good. A hand, I've I've not really purposefully tuned in to like I haven't made any appointment viewing for any of the games. But I, the fun thing is that when you get up in the morning, you can just turn on the TV and there's a game either like on or like halfway done right. or something like that. And it's like yeah, as background noise, the World Cup is fun. And I've watched a, a handful of them. And yeah, it's been a bunch of upsets. The African nations are. Uh, doing themselves proud this time around, uh, more so than usual. Holy shit, is soccer boring? Saudi Arabia <laughs> and the uh, got countries. that huge win. Yeah, got did you feel a of... twinge of pride <laughs> no. when 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 the kingdom of Saud <laughs> got think... that win against uh, uh, who uh, they beat Argentina? There's this uh, animosity that I have towards uh, anything Saudi Arabia. It seems like uh, no, I was I did not take uh, any joy in them winning. Although um, it, the players got a bunch of those fancy cars, so good for them on that front. But it felt weird to me they'd cut to the the Saudi crowd and it's just young, angry young men yeah. or exalting <laughs> exalting young Saudi men it's like ah, ah, I, mean, I don't want to be uh, I don't want to be a jerk here but like those guys just as a when you get all of those young Saudi men together it makes me just as a as an American who lived through 9-11 along with everybody else no I mean, no 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 makes me feel a little no. something don't no. want to get them too agitated Bob is out of this I'm just saying, like, no. we were watching these games. I think it was P- Poland was playing. The, it was Poland and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Poland was then playing Saudi Arabia. And the kids always want to know, who are we rooting for? Yeah. So I said Polska, Polska, because when I was at the World Cup, that's what the Polish people oh, okay. said. And it was cool. And it's just a, a memory I have. Yeah. And they were like, do we want Poland to win? And I was like, well, I don't think it. I was just saying. And Bob interrupted and was like, yes, we want the white people to win. <laughs> not, I did not say to my children, we want the white people to win. How dare you? What I said was like, we could either cheer for the uh, Western democracy. Like, hey, do they have their problems? Yeah, yes. they sure as shit do. They're uh, weirdo Catholics. They're bad on they're, abortion. They're not Catholics. They're the the Polish. There's but a lot of Catholics Eastern in Orthodox. Poland. Well, yeah, sure. That's even crazier. It's uh, still not Catholic. Just wanted to uh, drop in here real quick during the editing process to just a, a helpful fact check here. Poland, as it turns out, something like ninety five percent. Catholic, 1% or so, uh, belongs to the Orthodox Church that Laurie was referring to there. Not trying to spike the football here, just pointing out Poland, overwhelmingly Catholic. So they're weird on on a lot of the social stuff. They've got uh, arguably a rising sort of white nationalist 
type of thing going on in Poland at various times, which you don't love to see. Uh, but but look, that's a NATO ally. Yeah. They're they're part of Europe. Ultimately, it's like, are we going to cheer for the uh, relatively Western uh, European ally of the United States, or are we going to cheer for the House of Saud? And it's like, uh, we're going to be rooting for Poland. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, it's dumb, but isn't what else are we doing here at the World Cup so, if it's not to pick sides so you, uh, arbitrarily in some way? And I I would argue that we, on the one hand, we have a, an authoritarian, uh, theocratic, repressive regime whose biggest contribution to the world is an unending uh, but somehow still not enough supply of fossil fuels that are killing our planet at the same time that they uh, uh, just dismember journalists yes. uh, or opinion writers at, at embassies. Like this is this is this is an easy one. It has nothing to do with the color of anyone's skin. I was kidding. Thank you Bob very much. Didn't say that. <laughs> we root. For the NATO ally over the House of Saudi. Yeah, put, Simple put, as. Put that fire out. Uh, uh, whenever I uh, don't have any compelling reason to root for anyone, uh, I always fall back to uh, whichever flag is easier to draw. Because when I was young, I used mm. to hate drawing the busy flags. So like Poland is uh, <laughs> okay. easy in. I go for where would I rather live. Yeah. Was this a thing that you did as a child? You had to draw flags? I I just have a memory of like struggling with some country's flag. I think it was Brazil. I don't know what it was. And Maybe it was Greece. Very good at drawing. Maybe it was. Well, well, Greece is pretty straightforward. But like, you know, Saturday with this stupid sword and all those Arabic letters. Yeah. I'm going for that. Poland, simple. Japan, simple. Well, the U.S. has uh, one more game in the group stage. They have to beat, speaking of uh, authoritarian, repressive, theocratic regimes, uh, the U.S. has to beat Iran tomorrow at, I think it's a 2 o'clock kick, yes. which I'll, we'll get to watch after school. So that'll be fun. Win and they beat end, them, then I right? bo- Tie, yeah, win and they advance. Loss, none, you're out, basically. It's a very simple calculation. Just beat a team you should be able to beat. I mean, this American team is not very good, but they're, they got to be better than Iran. Let's hope. Right? I think there's like, you know, where Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, they uh, are using the uh, positive reinforcement of we'll give you a bunch of cars for winning. Uh, in Iran, uh, if you uh, do anything uh, untoward towards the government, you know, like if you say something or do some sort of thing, they're going to like kill one of their family members or something. They, they put out <laughs> some sort of threat. So like... They're probably playing a little stressed uh, out, the, the Iranian players. So, America, take advantage of that. Take advantage of their heart. MB, MBS, MBS should have had all of those cars delivered uh, with female chauffeurs just to show how what a, what a great progressive he is <laughs> there in the, in the kingdom. Are you excited at all about the World Cup coming to America or, or to North America in 2026? Yeah. Will that be well, fun? Whatever uh, games uh, Atlanta gets, uh, that would be great. But uh, – this is going to be spread out all over the three countries, right? It's going to be the U.S., Canada, and Mexico uh, are getting yeah, some I games. Yeah, I think they're going to be uh, they're going to be out in Vancouver and I think maybe Toronto. It's only a couple of Canadian cities. Are they I doing think. Mexico City? Elevated Mexico City? I think they're in Mexico oh. City too. Yeah. Anyway, I think that'll be fun. I'm excited for. Yeah, it. that'll be fun. I like the World Cup. It's fun, and I. I it's such a much more pleasant way of interacting with this stupid tribal instinct than any of the other ways that we humans uh, tend to interact with the tribal instinct is to just put it all in sport. Right. Like it's just, do you just like do the, uh, the new tech that they have where they, um, 
instead of actually showing the whether someone's offside or not, it, like in real time, they have a goofy animation of it, which is something that I was pushing for a long time ago because tennis had something like that. Instead of showing the actual yeah. ball, they just have an animation of it, and people just no, like, you you tr- you trust the AI yeah. much more than you would trust the video, <laughs> the right? Because the video is subject yeah. to interpretation. <laughs> but if you if you transmute reality just into a stupid cartoon, we're much more likely to believe that yeah. that's objective reality because we're <laughs> profoundly broken sensory uh, machines. It's such uh, a great system. <laughs> yeah. We need to do, by the way, and I, uh, neither here nor there, boundary calls in football should be that simple. And I don't. I, I legitimately don't understand why we have to watch a replay for five minutes of some asshole running into a crowd of 20 dudes yes. and trying to stretch a ball over the end zone. We, we know watched exactly, Stetson Bennett do it three times right. on we, Saturday. We know exactly where the plane of the end zone is right. in space, and we know we can we can model where the ball is. Lasers. Right. Just <laughs> or, did it or did put, the laser I don't know, go? Put sensors in it or whatever right. the and fuck. Also, yeah. Figure it out. I mean, the NFL, they print money, college football, same. Uh, if it's a cost issue, when they're in the uh, you know red zone, switch the balls out. If, if they're worried about like some guy's going to throw the ball or do whatever, I know they use a lot of different balls, but when somebody's like inside the 10, what, you know, they're likely going to run or do something stupid and you won't be able to tell. Switch it out to something where you can – uh, see what happens if uh, again if it's a cost issue or maybe it's a technology issue that can't it's have the not. ball be as uh, uh, you know as as firm as a normal football would be no. without the sensor. I don't know if that's like, on, on that one drive. On that one drive, Georgia scored three three touchdowns in order to touchdowns. get one touchdown. Yes, like yeah. we watched Georgia score three times yes. in order to get credit for one touchdown. Right. And what's frustrating is that they have this thing called instant replay, which is supposed to allow the referees to fix mistakes. Right. And instead, all it does, like something like seventy five percent of the time, if I had to guess, is it it tells us what we know is the case which is that the refs got it wrong. Right. We can say with like absolute certainty that like you, especially on these like these line to gain calls where it's like the first down is on the 21 yard line and I watch a replay three fucking times and then then you watch it 30 times in the over the course of the 3 minute uh delay that they have while the referee watches yes. the replay and everybody's sitting there and they're watching it for 3 minutes and you watch it 50 times and everybody knows that person made the line to gain that was a first down but because the call on the field yes. was he was a half a yard short then they need some sort of weird, like extra letter from God yeah. on high himself <laughs> needs to deliver the, the the turning over of the thing. Like, no, we all just watched right. for five minutes. He achieved the line to gain. Right. And then the referee comes on and he's like, oh, call stands. Call Let's stands, just yeah. play more the, football. You know, the problem is because I think they're basically using like the criminal justice system with like appeals where it's like much harder to change no, something no, no. that was wrong. Preponderance of the evidence yeah. that we yeah. need to change the verbiage in the in the thing to say we don't need absolute because right. the the human eye the the referee on the side they're very good like that's the one thing that i've gotten out of instant replay is i'm continually shocked at how good these referees are at like 
How could they have seen that that guy dragged yes. two toes? Yeah. That should be impossible. Yes. But somehow his eye saw it in real time way better than I could have possibly seen yes. it. And he and he got it right. Congratulations. Great job by that right. guy. But at the same time, like sometimes you miss it. And the video shows that you missed yeah. it. And it, it might not actually show it right. like with absolute 100% objective certainty. But by every reasonable measure, by the preponderance of the evidence, it should be overturned. Just fucking Just, overturned. You know, yeah. And don't take so long. To or to do just yeah just we got this wrong and just move on. No one's gonna fault you for it. It's not like oh there's a crew that keeps on getting it wrong. They're getting it right in fact because they're actually admitting when they get it wrong, get it right. Right. All right. I'm uh, dumb obviously, and this will be quick. I think I don't know if this is a discussion that goes anywhere. Uh, I was talking with my daughter who's eight years old, and we were talking about divided by zero, right? Yes. And and how no matter what. Yeah. What, no matter what number it is, if you divide something by – or multiplied by zero, I think was probably the conversation. If you, if you say five times zero or a million times zero, it's always going to be zero. Right. So you get yelled at yeah. by your calculator sometimes. <laughs> yeah, big red letters on uh, the Excel spreadsheets. It gives you that division error when you do that too. It's like no bad. What are you right. trying to do? Dividing by zero obviously just doesn't make any sense. But like multiplying something by zero, what I realized is that I only understand why multiplying something by zero gets me zero semantically. Right. Like I can I, – I only come to that knowledge or understanding because of words, right? There's <laughs> – there's, and, I, and, and I, what I'm wondering about is is that normal or are there people who can think five times zero – and understand it in a way that is not semantic. That I has mean, nothing to are... do with if I take something that I have five of and I multiply it by zero. Like can can that be grasped no, I... numerically, or is that something that is I only understood can, linguistically? But probably only weird math people. Also, I mean, isn't it? I guess maybe I never thought about it this way, but I mean, you can multiply anything by like the zero overwhelms, right? Like basically, it, yeah, it, you don't have any. You need a basis to kind of what are you multiplying? You well, can multiply zero by a million, yeah. and it doesn't change because it's sets, right? Like you have eight sets of zero yeah. or zero sets yeah. of eight. You don't have anything because yeah. if you then add it all up, you know, if you had like five of ones, you know, one 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 one, you get to five, you know. Yeah. But like if you you can have a thousand zeros, you got none. It'll still fucking total. shit. I always skipped – like one of the only classes I didn't take in college in the philosophy department was the philosophy of math. If that was even offered, I don't remember. If it was offered, it wasn't offered every semester. So maybe it was – It would be cool if you had. I should have because I probably would be able to be slightly less dumb about this. But like I think that that – I don't know if it's a a function of my brain – or or brains, and that's my like. I'm well, asking the, the wrong people. Concept of zero I'm, I'm asking, is hard. Uh, non mathematically yes. inclined, and certainly not mathematically expert people. Could this you question. point to me and say not mathematically inclined? You're no more mathematically inclined than I am. Certainly, I uh, de- I, I defer I don't to mean the, that. I defer to the ex- expert, offensive. the calculator. I press the buttons, and right. it tells me. Right. Well, I duplicate the effort. Uh, I know, but it's just like I can. I think that there are other ways in which I make math work in my head non-linguistically. Like the numbers actually talk in a math language that is its own thing. But I, I cannot for the life of me 
try to understand I think zero almost as a concept. Yeah, zero is a hard concept. Except as a linguistic with a linguistic framing and I don't know. I'll, I I meant to text uh Gillig about this to find out. That's interesting not that he's a mathematician but he's smarter than I am in in many ways. But I mean so. 1 times 5 as opposed to 0 times 5, wouldn't you kind of think of it the same way? Like you'd have You have to- two ants who teach math. That's true. I could ask either of my ants about Oh no, can uh, understanding zero non-linguistically but aren't there there are uh there's like a subculture like a conspiracy kind of a fringe group that has issues with the zero and the and the one plus one like i forget who it is but there's some people that i've seen that are like kind of like the flat earther types where they just don't believe in zero or some weird cockamamie <laughs> thing like oh fuck that what is zero that's nothing and it's like oh boy zero is a conspiracy theory <laughs> yeah. yeah that's good it's like, I don't know, uh, that system allows me to cross this bridge without falling over. So I'm going to just accept what they're saying like, and get on this plane. And that is me- my fundamental response to all of the, the flat earther people is like, but without the math that we rely on based on a round globe, like nothing else would work. Right. Like all of the underlying assumptions that we make about the physical properties of the world around us. Uh, and and all of the physics that goes into the engineering of everything around us is based on some very fundamental notions that rely on what I guess you're you're telling me are just weird lies. Right. But isn't that – I mean isn't that also – I mean again, I'm very limited in knowledge when it comes to math. But they say it's a language, right? So it's like you can kind of like manipulate it and – use whatever no so it's like yeah like there's some wiggle room not a lot there's some fixed things but there's some things you can just kind of play around with i don't understand it but there seems to be some wiggle room but not with zero. Zero, zero. all right speaking of uh things that have been on my mind lately but don't i don't really have a place for and this is what the the podcast is for at times a few months ago a poll came out i might have mentioned it on the show but i don't, I don't think that we did it said that 43% of United States evangelicals, people who, who self-identify as evangelical Christians, 43% of those people do not believe in the divinity of Christ. Okay, but like... Wait, what? And I want to... Yeah, I want to combine... I want to... So that's... And that's in keeping... That's that's a spike from 2020 when the, the same poll by the the this outfit called the State of Theology found that 30% of US evangelicals uh, do not they the, the statement is Jesus was a great teacher but he was not god in 2020 I, 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 wait, wait i'm confused yeah, yeah. that's not heresy yeah, or blasphemy they, or whatever it, it is literally that yes right aren't they christian evangelists i mean the whole thing i mean you can dabble at the edges but like at the core, isn't that it? Like you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and also you know that the whole Trinity spiel. Right, right. So forty three percent agree that Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. Of self identified evangelical Christians, now I think that the spike can be attributed to the way that being an evangelical in the last six or or seven years has become a political marker more than it is a marker of 
your actual sort of fundamental religious belief, which is, by the way, a dumb trend. And I look, I look forward to that ending uh, because it is be, be, in the way that everything is everything yes. and, yes. and everything is, is culture war and political. These people have found themselves that because their enemies are liberals and liberals have disdain for evangelical Christians – uh, then I must be an evangelical Christian, even if that, and that, and I mean that in a political way rather than a, a fundamentally religious way. That, that could be and true. That's what I. That's what I think accounts for the spike in this. But that's still a significant. Even if you sort of, if you could somehow take the Trumpiness out of this, in theory, that there must remain something like a quarter or more of United States evangelicals who don't believe in the divinity of Christ, which is just, it's a weird thing to grapple with. I. Uh... Okay, so I've heard the term evangelical, and I've also heard of the term born again. Like, are those two the same, or can you be— those would, have, those would have been utterly uh, synonymous until a few years ago, okay. yes. So now there's like a faction of evangelicals, which is more political than religious— it's like this. Uh, this brand, this brand who, who, is who do not believe in the divinity of Christ. Yeah, but that, that's so weird because uh, do they not wear the cross? Aren't they? Sa- who's doing the saving if not Christ? Just the, they're saving themselves. Yeah. Like for some reason in my mind, I've tied this to other polling on sixty-one percent of Republicans who still believe, as of this past autumn, that the election in twenty twenty was stolen. That the that only massive election fraud. Basically, the, the the Trump framing of the 2020 election, right. that Joe Biden and the Democrats and the media stole the election from uh, the rightful winner, Donald Trump. Right. But there's no and like. There's a, some... But in this case, there's no. It's not like liberals are uh, getting in on the evangelical thing, and they're like, "Oh, we need to distinguish ourselves." But I don't understand why they need to deny the divinity side of Christ to to get at their adversaries like well, i don't even understand right. it what makes me the, the reason that i bring up both of these things at the same time though is because it makes me wonder what percentage of current trump supporters people who would tomorrow vote for him for president without any without even thinking right. about it what percentage of those people believe that he lost the election fair and square in yeah 2020 and i imagine that that number is lower than which is apparently the number of evangelicals who don't believe in the divinity of Christ. So in a a, a weird way, the the marker of the faith is greater in the cult of Trump, right? Having to believe incongruous, incoherent, irrational things and still self-identify as a Trump Republican, like there's more faith involved there. Right. Than there is in the faith involved in. Well, I'm a evangelical Christian, but it's not because I believe Jesus was the right. literal Son of God. <laughs> it's because I think He had some good ideas, right. right? Like, and that's there's some like I don't know what it is there, but there's like there's some weird big idea there that I'm like I'm I'm sort of punching into, and I'm not sure what's coming out of so it. Do you, yet. So you're it, you're, you're, something you're saying that the election deniers of 2020 are the same as the christian adherence when jesus was killed like it's like this they believed in the big lie that jesus uh died is that what you're getting at <laughs> maybe 
Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get killed for that. Yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> lot we're gonna have to pay for probably. Uh, I, 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 by the way, I, 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 I don't know what pull this. That, that is a shockingly high number. There's no way that is even close to the. That's way too high. There can't be that many evangelists who are. Yeah, maybe they like tricked them. Yeah, maybe those were some tricky questions. Like, oh, you said. I'm tired. Can we like start wrapping it up? Yeah, just a second. I want to show you a picture. And I want you to tell me what's wrong with this image, Abe. This was tweeted out by Elon Musk. All right. Elon Musk needs to get off Twitter and start working on these ugly LED lights that are blue. Oh, what's all this? This is his nightstand next to his bed. And I want tile. I want you to tell me what's wrong with this picture. There's so many I'm gonna, I'm gonna describe it. There's a, a replica musket rifle type situation uh, with a painting in, in a box that has like a, a, a George Washington cross, crossing the Delaware reproduction. There's a, a gold lamp uh, type object. There's some sort of diary in the corner. There's a it's water like a bottle. Tile. There's a, a replica gun that's apparently a replica of some sort of video game gun. It doesn't even have a trigger, so it's not a, it is by no means meant to be a real gun except in the, the sort of general affect of it. And then there's four cans of soda. Four cans of caffeine-free Diet Coke. Uh, Lori's hit on it. Uh, also, no coasters. You can tell a lot no. about No, but no it's tile. You don't that's need right. them. Uh, although I don't know who he, has a tile he has, nightstand. It, is, it does look like nice sort of stone tile work on the nightstand. Yes. No, that's a monster. He's a, Who has a tile nightstand? Do you but sleep in a fucking bathroom? It, a lot of soda <laughs> rings, like the, the moisture rings from the soda. What's wrong with this picture is that apparently Elon Musk, among his many other failings, drinks caffeine-free Diet Coke. It's <laughs> not a failing. That is... That is psychotic. Maybe uh, it runs I, against no like his cocaine or uh, some Adderall yeah. or something else. You know, maybe you don't want to have you don't want to be too up. I'm not saying that he's doing that, but I almost had to do violence to a uh, young teen Chick Fil A worker who once tried to give me caffeine free Diet Coke uh, when I went back for a refill, and I, I watched them doing it. I could see the button that they pressed, and I, I made him dump it out. I said, "No, it will be your pleasure." To dump that garbage right down the drain and give me the caffeinated good stuff, you sick fuck. Anyway, that's what I took from Elon Musk this week is that he drinks uh, decaffeinated Coke, which is well, he needs a to very fix weird thing the to do. Christmas lights. He needs to focus on the Christmas lights. They're ugly. We got to fix it. Also, this is his picture. It's weird that he'd even try. To like get rid of the three that he already finished, like he's got all of them. Maybe it was like a group. No, that's a brag. That's bragging. Oh, look how much oh, like, soda I'm... I drink. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. All right, are we about done? We're almost done. I want to play doesn't this. Seem done. This wanna... seems like you're going on a road. I want to play this clip. This is from Marketplace the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and I was greatly amused by this bit. It's called, Will Wonky Fruit and Vegetables Help Alleviate the UK's Cost of Living Crisis? I will play a bit from that here and then come back and tell you why I found it so amusing. Battered carrots, <laughs> twisted carrots. Um, the pears, again, um, blemished parsnips. This one is thin, it's knobbly. As you can see, there are varying sizes of leek in the box. But um, all just as tasty and nutritious perfectly. as the cosmetically appealing 
variety. Perfectly edible. There's nothing wrong with them at all. Much of what she's selling has no visible defect at all. It's just the wrong size, shape or weight for supermarket packaging. A source of some frustration for farmers like Alistair Ferguson. The specifications over the last probably 10 to 15 years in retail produce in the UK have been really tight. As manager of a big farming business, Ferguson sells some $35 million worth of carrots and parsnips a year. He says those niggling cosmetic standards set by the supermarkets have led to a huge amount of waste. It's been a little bit ridiculous that we would have to chuck produce away for being not quite straight or not quite the right shade or not quite the right uh, visual appearance. But Britain's cost-of-living crisis has accelerated a change in attitude. The big supermarket chains are now making a virtue of flawed produce, launching their own cheaper lines with names like Naturally Wonky and Imperfectly Perfect. Rebecca Toby of the Food Foundation, which campaigns for sustainable farming, welcomes the move. If having these lines of wonky veggies is helping families to be able to buy fruit and veg, then, then that's a good thing. But Dan Crossley of the Food Ethics Council has his doubts about this trend. It normalises the, the misshapen veg. Uh, what, we, what we think it's better to do is just to call, call all veg veg and encourage more people to, to eat veg no matter what it looks like. Not everyone's got that memo. Some shoppers, like D. Aiden, still won't stomach every piece of wonky fruit and veg. All right, I'll stop it there. OK, uh, so the food ethicist guy like what's his deal uh, obviously that strategy hasn't worked like i mean people are not buying these things so shut the fuck up uh secondly right. i want to uh poo poo all these people like oh how shallow can uh, people be you're trying to find good looking produce to eat like but i realize that i do that myself when i'm at the place i'm like no fuck that I, i'm not eating that right when was the last time abe you walked up to the giant display of sweet potatoes there at your local <laughs> kroger right across the street and picked out at totally random without inspecting anything and just piled some sweet potatoes into the bag and then moved on with your day. No, you pick it up, you turn it over, yes. you look for gross parts, you put the hairy one. Why is there weird yeah. hair on my sweet potato? <laughs> I'm putting that one back. I'm getting the nice bald sweet potato that doesn't have any brown parts, right? right? My, Every yeah. time. My, my thing is that they all have to be the same size so that way I can eat one whole thing um, in one sitting. So they can be different sizes. Anyway, I, 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 too, agree with the general, you know, I, I'm conditioned to only want to eat the vegetables and fruits that are sort of aesthetically pleasing to the eye. I understand that. Uh, I, I bring this up because I, I had a good uh, LOL, literally laughing out loud moment in the... He did. ...in the kitchen as I was listening to this on the radio last Wednesday. Uh, because I I found you identified uh, the the person's name is Dan Crossley, the food ethics guy. You know your your strategy hasn't worked, guy. Yeah. Like clearly we got to uh, try something else here. Uh, and that on the back of having talked to uh, the Rebecca lady of the Food Foundation, which ca campaigns for sustainable farming, who, who said it's very important that fruit and vegetables remain affordable for all households, and so having these lines of wonky veg is helping families buy more fruit and veg then that's a good thing and it also reduces food waste so that's good too like it it's summed up for me and this is not perfect it doesn't apply to everything so relax i'm not making value judgments here but on the one hand a sort of small small c conservative approach to problem solving versus this small l liberal approach where dan crossley is the 
is sort of represents the the food ethics guy sort of represents the more liberal or progressive mindset yeah. which is like but wouldn't it be better if we just lived in a world where everyone ate all of the disgustingly shaped sweet potatoes and and various other uh, browning bananas and that sort of thing, and shouldn't we aspire to that world? And and then on the other hand, we like we have a situation where uh, the market has literally created a new category of thing yes. in order to sell excess food that would otherwise be wasted, and it is helpful for. People who otherwise wouldn't be buying things because they're too expensive, because they can sell these ugly vegetables at a at a lower cost, which it lowers the barrier for entry for people who now are going to buy. And now, of course, I'm sure there'll be an equity discussion yeah. <laughs> about why should poor kids not be permitted to have beautiful fruits and food. veg. You know, it's like right, even though it's the same fucking food, but it's like it was such a perfect back to back quotes. Of like completely incompatible uh, worldviews, uh, trying to one uh, just recognize that this is a market that was uh, that has been created and it's f- fulfilling a need. And then on the other hand, we have the obnoxious liberal type who's like, "Yeah, but wouldn't it be right. better if like humans were just different?" Yeah. Which was like it just sums up the whole thing. We have uh, on the one hand market-based solutions, and then on the other hand we have sort of this hopey, changey. Wouldn't it be better if humans were different? Sort of solution, right? Which is not much of a solution at all. Anyway, I found that particularly amusing last Wednesday, and you've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with bob and abe you can find the show on facebook or twitter head on over to brainiron.com castironbrains.com the opening and closing themes of the show were composed by mark gillig i did want to talk briefly tonight about the so-called state of the podcast as we have now reached the end of a of an election cycle it felt like we we had found some balance there post-trump election and we had whatever we had. We weren't talking about Trump very much. Right. We we're just talking about the news of the week. And then, and of course, the election happens, and there's a lot of fucking bullshit minutia with all of that. And that, that's easy to dive into on a weekly basis. I've been thinking a lot lately about the things that I find myself having expertise in, like in terms of like having absolute knowledge of something. Yeah. And it just bums me out like every fucking time. Oh, like, me too. Like, <laughs> I'm sure it does. Uh, Lori will be just nodding in absolute agreement with everything. And like, why didn't you listen to me earlier <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, and you're not wrong. But I've always expressed a great deal of skepticism of my interaction with uh, social media and with uh, sort of Twitter world sort of stuff. And I don't know. I don't think it's the Musk takeover or anything like that. Uh, that's that's bringing this on, but it seems like more and more the central question of the modern life is what are we going to choose to pay attention to, right? right. Uh, and it's easy for me to say because I don't have a job. Uh, but, it's true, it's true. Uh, he doesn't. But but that that goes for like even people that have jobs, I think, and choosing a job and choosing what to do is less now about. And choosing what to study, like going back to college and that sort of thing. But, that choosing to be in the modern world is a profoundly different thing than it was in the past, where it's about getting enough resources to keep you and your family alive. Yes, that is still ultimately the thing that we're all doing. But the interaction with the physical, we are we are wildly divorced from 
the physical consequences of not doing that because the things that we do don't actually relate to that. We acquire resources in order to then accomplish the shelter and the food and all of that other stuff. But we're entirely divorced from the reality of like killing the food or growing the food. Like the overwhelming majority of us are anyway, right? right? So that's what that, that's why in, instead of like these sort of deep uh, and sort of severe existential questions, not, not in a philosophical way, but just in like a, uh, the harsh reality of the world way. That's, that's a thing of the past in, in important ways. And instead the central question is what are we going to pay attention to? And I've found, especially in these lulls between big events, right? Yeah. So it doesn't feel like we, I have to be paying attention to the news right now because there's a fucking global pandemic that only happens once in a century. And like, it feels important to be tuned into that just to know what the fuck is going on. Or there's not a massive, uh, internet or, or national election where fucking Donald Trump of all the goddamn people is going to be at the center of our politics for the next four years going forward, where that, that feels like it's weighted with something where it's like, I feel the need to pay attention to it. When that sort of stuff starts to drop away as it has in the last couple of weeks, since the, the, this past midterm election happened, it's like, even talk about his official announcement on this show. No, we haven't talked about, I don't think we talked about his speech at all, uh, which was largely, uh, flat and boring, and then he decided he was going to meet with a white Some nationalist, guy, this right? yeah. Nick Fuentes guy, who, like, I can't decide if Nick Fuentes actually means it or if he's just a, uh, using his sort of white nationalism slash fascism slash Nazism and his, his, his literal apologia for Nazis is saying that Hitler wasn't so bad. Like, I legitimately can't tell if he's just doing a bit or right, if he actually believes these things. But right. ultimately, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. As uh, they say, you play a Nazi, you are a Nazi, right? You can't right. I mean, literally, the, the, the moral of one of Vonnegut's best books uh, is you are what you pretend to be, so be careful what you pretend right. to be. Mother Night is the name of the book. Great book. It's his, his other World War II book. Uh, Slaughterhouse Five, of course, being the one that everybody reads in high school or should. Uh, Mother Night is really almost as good, and everybody should read that too. Which is about a guy who pretends to be a Nazi uh, through World War II as a spy, and that's why the the moral of the story is what it is. But and he gets into it. Like, boy, these Germans. Uh, yeah, I read the book. Great okay. book. Right. It's sort of a one of those questions, right? And also, like, how long, how much pretending can you, how complicit are you being if you are pretending to be a Nazi and, and people end up dead because of it? Whether Does it matter whether right. or not you believe the things? If you were play acting the whole time and people ended up dead, then those people are still dead and you've still uh, participated in it. And Nick Fuentes, like, I, I don't fucking care at all if it's a bit or not a bit. He's he's pretending to be a Nazi or he is a Nazi and probably ex-presidents and people who want to be president again in the future should not be hanging out with that guy. Uh, to say nothing of the famous rap star who's uh, somehow an even bigger idiot than you might have suspected that he was. Uh, anyway. This is a terrific example uh, by the way, of what I'm talking about, which is the extent to which I find myself able to expound on things that not just don't matter, but actively make me feel bad about knowing them in the with the fullness that I think that I do. Uh, and and in, in certain ways, 
being on the internet gives you a feeling of full understanding that is completely inauthentic, right? So you you can sort of have this idea that you grasp things about people or about things in the world that in reality, though you can expound on them, though you know a great deal about them, uh, there's not a great deal of authentic knowledge there, and it's extremely surface level. So what are we expert at? What are we paying attention to? And what will we pay attention to going forward? And I'm not saying I have an answer to that. I'm not saying I have a great idea. I'm just saying that's what I'm thinking about. Right. I need to do a better job of deciding what it is I'm going to devote my attention to because the things that are easiest to devote – and that, that's the other that's the other thing is that – just being online and consuming all of this information all of the time and, and just opening your mouth wide for the content maw to pour it all in. Uh, it's not discerning. And you might get a, a halfway decent picture of the world as it exists, uh, but I don't think that you ever come to any real greater understanding of it. It's just information, which is very, very much different from understanding. And I, right, I want to be more intentional about where the attention goes going forward. No, I hear you. And I always liken it to uh, like food. You know, like you actually have to put effort in to eat a balanced, healthy diet of foods. You know, basically, if you just kind of like let life kind of take you, you'll, you're, you're, gonna, you're bound to eat like fast food more often than you should and junk food more often than you should. You actually put in some effort to like eat healthy stuff. And it's kind of like that with news. Like you kind of, you can't just let the algorithm just kind of take you wherever it'll take you because it'll just take you to the worst things like oh this person got punched in some random place or somebody got killed or look at this bozo politician you don't like doing some bozo thing like you have to kind of go out of your way to like seek out like long you know whatever you're into like long form stories or the i was talk up uh C the cbs news division with our magazine shows like uh 60 minutes uh and cbs sunday morning um where they They'll talk up the main stuff for the first 30 minutes, but they'll talk about something totally different. Like they had one on uh, apparently these dogs, you know, man's best friend, apparently a racket. Dogs are kind of bred to just like gravitate towards what humans like, just so, you know, kind of like brown nosing, just so they can survive. Like Anderson Cooper did out. But then they became. <laughs> it's a whole That's thing. How it's a it started. <laughs> That's the how it started part of the yeah. May the the end the how it's going is that you are obsessed with that dog you met in New York. <laughs> yeah. The end dog. of the story is Abe's getting a dog. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the the fatal flaw with dogs is you got to take him out and walk him and they got to shit you somewhere. You do that anyway. <laughs> it's like oh, it's raining. You got, dog you got a whole out. belt line there. You can take the dog out on the belt line like six <laughs> times a day. It'll be good. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Uh, you, basically, you have to put in. Like some effort, and it's hard because, like, every day, you know, I'll wake up and I'll hit the same news sites and they cover the same ground. Oh, some doom and gloom and whatever. And then you're like, all right, fine. And then you have to kind of seek out right. the and other I, news. It, it's an experiment worth doing. And I don't know how, what the parameters of the experiment are, but it looks something like just deleting Twitter from the phone so that I'm not tempted to just go scroll through takes and go, you know, do whatever. It, it has something to do with like, if I just devote an hour of my day of reading the times and the post and then just being done with the news for the day. Yeah, it's hard because you also don't want to be like those people on White Lotus who are like, oh, we don't watch the news. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, and then and then like 
uh, Dickerson now has a thing, uh, CBS News nightly program on uh, Paramount I, I don't know Plus if it's, or one of the streaming. It's on Paramount Plus, but it's also on – like if you have a, a modern television, which I know if, as we've discussed before, Abe, you don't have uh, one of those. But <laughs> like my, my Samsung – has like a thousand fucking channels. Like the way that the, there's like that Pluto TV app yeah, where you can have, just yeah. go and like you you watch uh, you watch James Bond channel and it's like eighty percent commercials, but like right. uh, about twenty percent of the time they're showing a, the non gross parts of James Bond movies. Right. Uh, there's a there's a like if I want to I can go onto my internet enabled television and without a Paramount Plus subscription I can tune into the CBS News channel at seven o'clock every night and watch dickerson at seven from seven oh. to eight or six to seven or something have like that youtube tv right but I, I can't get that on the the cbs news is not on like his program is not on whatever cbs news channel we get on youtube tv but so it is Nora o'donnell's on the regular cbs and right Nora dickerson. o'donnell has that but they also have now given dickerson an hour four nights a week to just do the news. Oh, and I nice. watched it one time so far and it was great. It was just yeah. an hour of the news and it was a, it was Dickerson centric. And if you yeah. don't care for Dickerson's affect, then you'd probably be annoyed by it. He's the blonde it. one, right? Yeah. He's yeah. the blonde one. He's okay. But like that, the, the, the parameters of the experiment would probably go something like that. Like I, I give myself an hour in the morning to just read the newspaper. And then I give myself an hour in the evening to watch Dickerson report the news and then that's it. And that like, what, how does that change the shape of my understanding of the world around me? I don't, I don't know what it would. Right. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe I become like one of the world's foremost experts on Philip K. Dick short stories and just have a podcast where I talk about Philip K. Dick. Holy shit. You Uh, could get a job. Yeah, I could get a job or I could like get a sub stack and get uh, weird sci-fi people to uh, give me $5 a month. Whatever you want to do. Health insurance would be great. (laughs) Health insurance. (laughs) Like, like, like $600 a week. It costs me for your health insurance. Health insurance is pretty expensive. Uh, you hear these stories of these uh, drunkards, you know, and their youths, uh, you know, like George Bush, for instance, uh, you know, just doing a lot of drugs and uh, whatever, and they turn their life around. They they they, bec- they abstain from the alcohol or the drugs, and they get into running or they get into reading, and they get in, they apply their energy into something productive, and they become these productive members of society. And they're like, it changed when I stopped doing those things, you know? Right. So it could be like that with social media for you, you know? Like you can pinpoint like it was like whatever. End of November 22. And that's uh, right. I said enough of that bullshit. And then now you've, you know, you've written 20 books. Yeah. Anyway, uh, did you make it to the movies this week, Abe? I, uh, since our, our last recording, I've been to the theater four times. Uh, and My yeah, God, go man, over. four times. In, in two different states, uh, I didn't realize the uh, AMC. Uh, not a, that, that not a AM- lot of intentional viewing going on. You're not modeling intentional behavior if you're going to the movies four times in the These last two weeks. These were all chosen movies, but uh, so you know, Black Panther two, not very good. I'm gonna just go real quick. Black Panther two was not very good, but whatever. Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel, which is gonna be on Netflix. They did like a one week theatrical release, and I was like, hey, I got a theatrical yeah. pass. And it was a full house. It was great. There was one guy who was laughing and being too loud. And he kind of ruined it somewhat. But it was a fun, like, theater uh, viewing. Yeah. Apparently, it's, like, smashing records. Yeah. Uh, like every in, the- in terms yeah. of, like, per theater dollars. And they're not releasing it fucking anywhere. Yeah, it's weird. They did, like, a very limited, like, release. But it, it 
not so limited that I couldn't watch it in my local theater. Um, and it was a good movie. Like I said, it'll play well in on Netflix whenever it comes out. Uh, then comes, out around, see, comes out around Christmas, and we're absolutely going to watch it. So maybe we can talk about it. I think it's going it to be then. sooner than that. Isn't it like only like a week or two? Or is there a gap between theatrical release? I think there's a gap. I think it doesn't okay. come out until like the week of Christmas. But yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I went to see The Menu, which uh, is better if you watch it than me say anything about it. But it's a fun movie. Um, like Barbarian. Yeah, like Barbarian. What's the Although, What's the genre? So basically, it's like this some fancy chef invites these uh, snooty food people into this like fancy dinner. Like there's only like thirty of them, and they paid like a lot of money to be there on some remote place, and then things happen. Like the theater, the trailer makes it look like it's some sort of cannibalism kind of thing. Like what's gotcha. the hook? It's not that, but like whatever. Uh, it, Is it the Chalamet thing? Is it? No, it's no, uh, Anna Taylor thing. Joy and Ralph Fiennes is the chef. Um, that movie. Ralph Ray, Ray Fiennes, yeah, yeah. Yes, Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> and I went to go see Tar. Now I went to see this in New York at the Lincoln Center or whatever. Uh, it's a very AMC. very New York thing to do is to go see Tar. <laughs> I like it. But uh, that was a good movie. It was very long, but it was basically like kind of like a Me Too, but just with a woman at the uh, at the center instead of a man, like some. Right. Fancy that looks woman spectacular because what's her name is always good. Yeah, Kate Blanchett is very good. She's probably going to be nominated for best actress. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that so. one is that one looks good. You know what one doesn't look good and also didn't make any money is the actual Me Too movie. Uh, yeah, she said. Yeah, I yeah, get a lot of movies said. bombed, like the Strange World bombed, the Disney thing. Uh, the Fableman's said. movie, uh, the Spielberg Fableman's movie. That's right. Apparently going to bomb Devotion too. Devotion also failed. Yeah. The Korean War movie? I can usually tell with a movie like The Fablemans, which I understand why it's going to bomb, because first of all, it doesn't look like a movie that, like, sort of ironically, it doesn't look like the sort of thing that you need to go see in the movie theaters. Right. But I despise the trailer. Like, I get a feeling of actively not wanting to see that movie based on the trailer. Really? But I know with absolute certainty that when I do see the movie, which I will, that I'm going to love that movie. Okay. Like, I, And I don't know what the weird bad alchemy is yeah. in the trailer that tells me I hate this thing. But because it's Spielberg and I've read a couple things about it, like I, I sort of know intellectually that I'm going to love this movie in the same way that I know intellectually that I'm going to hate Avatar 2, the way... <laughs> Way of water. I'm as certain of that as I am that I'm going to really like the Fablemans. Three three weeks out before the uh, Avatar Way of Water is released, I already got my tickets because uh, they're selling out pretty fast. You got to get on it. That's very good. Oh, good. We uh, let's see. What did we watch? We, we watched... didn't watch much. We watched that thing with. First the... of all, we watched uh, Georgia beat Georgia Tech, which yeah. is oh, crucial fun, to fun, our fun. lives. Yeah. I would um, like to point out that. Uh, Stetson Bennett stinks still. This offense is very frustrating to watch. Stetson Bennett's doing just fine. And also that the quarterback for Georgia Tech, who is literally their third quarterback this year, uh, this Gibson character, did things to our defense that no other quarterback has been able to do this year. He was very effective and had other quarterbacks on better teams simply hit their passes in the way that this guy did yeah we would have three losses this year or or at least or we'd have closer, at least another yeah. loss we'd be sweating it uh, out in the fourth quarter instead of just being a right. runaway if if hooker had played as well as this guy did yeah. tennessee would have beaten us if yeah. 
uh, Will Levis at Kentucky had just hit his passes instead of overthrowing dudes the way that this this character for Tech did, we might not have won that game either. Right. It, it goes uh, to show you, no one knows that, anything. Yeah. We watched that My Old School movie, another con artist movie. That's right. That's the movie that, uh, what's the guy's name? Alan Cumming? Yeah. Alan Cumming, British actor, sits there and does voice or, or, or lip syncs himself to an interview with a guy who some 20 years ago or 30 years ago pretended to be a high schooler when he was really 32 years old at the time. In England. In England. Scotland. Yeah, Scotland. It's worth watching. It's, it's on, interesting. I think it was on Hulu. It was Hulu. Okay. It doesn't make you feel too icky is the okay. other good thing. Yeah, Some of a, them you feel ah afterwards. This one's just like, huh. It's relatively lighthearted and it and it and it the presentation is extremely sort of friendly and pleasant uh because uh the people that agreed to talk to the filmmaker, this a filmmaker who is from the area and so he was able to talk to locals and they identified with him. Uh he in fact went to school with this guy uh at the time. And yeah, it's sort of gross what the guy was doing, but anyway, it, it's it's worth checking out if you're bored one night. Uh, we watched White Lotus. Watched White Lotus. We watched Great British Baking Show. Finally finished the baking show. White Lotus is good. It's so fucking good. I, I get mad when it gets to the end of the episode, and I know it's going to be over. I don't want it to be over. Are you caught up? Did you watch I, this I, weekend? I am. I'm ca- all caught up. Uh, maybe uh, I should take uh, your advice, Bob, and avoid some of the internet forums or whatever, like Reddit and other places, oh, Twitter, yeah. because it's like after every episode, it's like, oh, well, this person's not going to kill that person, and this guy. It's like, all right, I think there's going to be a couple. Calm down. Yeah, it's like we'll figure it out, and because I think this is not like a ten. Episode C, it's like seven episodes, like two more episodes, right? We don't know. No, there's only two more episodes, yeah. Yeah, the way they advertise, yeah. So basically, we're going to figure out, I mean, how many dead bodies were there the, in the first episode? Like, there's more than one. So, right. who can it be? Yeah, but, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even care about speculating about who's yeah, going to die and who's going to live. the show. Everyone is lame. And if you're watching the show and you're not caught up, then yes, and don't, listen. don't listen to what I'm about to talk about. But at the end of this episode, not when the... The so-called big surprise reveal happens with the gay sex at the end, which well, was not a at all. By the way, like I mean, the should not have been a surprise. Nephew, to anybody. uncle, uh, like they're clearly not related. Uh, but right, yeah. that part aside, when Daphne, the blonde, is talking with Harper, the brunette, right, oh, and they're outside, yeah. and they're she's talking about get get yourself a trainer, right? So so. Uh, Daphne is sort of acknowledging that perhaps her husband is a, a cheating shithead who keeps banging other broads, uh, but she does what she needs to do to stay married and stay sane in so many words. And she sort of implies to the other girl, to this Harper character, that perhaps one or more of her children are not actually Cameron's. That right. that. She's been banging this trainer, at, at least that's what she says, and that, uh, you know, he's got big, beautiful blue eyes, and, and of course, the husband is is dark, relatively dark-haired, dark-eyed, dark-skinned in general, and I think, and I saw some of this, in, in some of this stuff online, the insistence was Daphne is telling Harper that she has not only cheated on her husband, but has, in fact, conceived children with someone who is at not her husband. One, right? Yeah. right, at least one or two, perhaps. 
And I think that that is a that is a profound misreading of what Mike White, what the writer is saying there. I think that it is far more likely that this character is is sort of wants to use that, wants to weaponize that as a thing. This is a lie. This is a story that she tells herself and that, that, that she then tells other people to make herself seem like less of a victim right. or to, so that she can build herself up in a way that she's not victimized by this. Because otherwise, it's just stupid soap opera bullshit. And I don't think he's writing stupid soap opera bullshit. He's talking, he, he is trying to create real life, actual human characters. And I think that the more believable aspect of Daphne's character is she is telling this story to herself. And more importantly, in the moment, she's telling this story to Harper so that she can save face. As though I'm above all of this nonsense, it can't hurt me. Because because I've chosen to take action that makes me a- able to stay in my relationship. I think that's all a facade. Right. And that's in, that's a much that's much more in keeping, I think, with Mike White's style of writing is to not believe Daphne when she says, "I'm banging my uh, Pilates trainer, and also I've conceived his children, and I'm making my cuck husband raise his kids." Like that's a that's a lie that she's telling Daphne, and a lie that she's telling uh, Harper. So that she can get on with her life, it's not something that's actually true. Right. That's I what think, I think is going yeah, on. Yeah, I think there. I can see that. The only thing that threw me off was that she was saying that to talk herself. It seems like you're introduced. This is an actual child that now is going to be raised, and one day they're going to find out that because you're playing a game with your cheating husband, you can see the child with right. some random trainer. Like it seems like you're going to harm this child that you love, right? So it seems kind of a weird. Flex, as the kids say, like to say, like, oh, look at me, I, right. I do bad and things it's just, too. It's, it's like, way more interesting to me that this is a series of lies that she's built up that she tells herself and she tells others as a means of protecting herself. That's way more interesting than this villainous shit where she goes out and gets sperm from her trainer right. in order to cuck her husband, right? right. Like, that's just weird, sadistic, like, villain uh, soap opera shit. Right. That's and not interesting likely, to me. Yeah, I don't know how recessive genes work, but I'm sure in his family, he's got some kids that look like that firstborn uh right. but yeah, it, it is stranger things have happened yeah anyway great show good show love the writing uh and yeah we'll see where it goes hopefully they uh, uh i mean not to wish uh death on people even though we're down to the last month for jimmy carter uh but on the show uh <laughs> If somebody's gonna die, it's gotta be the the lady from the first season, and uh, we, she can't the carry old, over the to grandpa, the third season. The grandpa's gonna die. Oh yeah, yeah, he'll probably be dead too. You think F. Murray Abraham's gonna get it? Yeah, he's not falling, you know, know, like his, his advanced age. I don't see. I don't see how the hookers escape punishment. Yeah, the guy, I think the him and the two die. The British Essex guy who d- ran away from paying his bill. That asshole. He deserves to die, right? Kill yeah. that guy. That's harsh. Anyway, did we watch anything <laughs> else? I thought we watched something else. Um, we probably did. Uh, the sex cult thing. Which sex cult? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Orgasm Inc. Oh, yeah. Orgasm Inc. It was on, uh... Netflix. Was that on Netflix? It only took two nights because we started it late and went to bed and then... It's like a two hour, hour 45 or something documentary. It's not long. We just started it late. It's about a deeply unappealing person who insists that she's going to save the world it's like the nexium cult except oh, it's a boy. woman leader it's ba- yeah it's basically a, a chick nexium instead of a dude nexium but also much more focused explicitly on 
sex stuff rather than no sort of tattoos like, on the body, like no weird stuff like that. Uh, oddly, there there, there was something about a tattoo at one yeah. point, uh, but but like. That's a telltale sign. If you're somebody asking yeah, to get a tattoo, again, it's it's another one of those things where like I watched her body language for fucking fifteen seconds, and I was immediately mad at everyone who ever believed anything this woman said. <laughs> it's like, how? What is it about some people that they just believe obvious charlatans? Like I, I just they I, want it to be true. Isn't that the basically people use motivated? I know, but that's and, not the world, yeah, man. Like yeah. you look around, this person is lying. Open yes. your eyes; it is as clear as day. That this person is a fucking scam artist, and it right. drives me nuts that otherwise intelligent people, there's just a switch that gets flipped in their brains. It's like, nope, I'm trusting this one. Right. For no good reason. Anyway. That was it. Orgasm Inc. on Netflix. Worth checking out, too. You, uh, you got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then, and we will talk to you next time. Later. So it's going to be me watching. Don't tell me what's happening with the Colts game, but the, that's how I'm going to spend the rest of the day. Are you going to be starting from the beginning? Yeah. You're not going to yeah. want to know what's going on? I mean, I'll fast forward through the halftime show, but yeah. Right. Ooh. I'm don't, just... ooh, nothing. Don't how dare you? Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no reaction. He didn't even look. Oh, he did. I looked. There's no reason for me to ooh, except that. <laughs> like, oh, you I, just you know go, what I was. Go to bed. I, it wasn't an ooh of interest. It was an ew of the Steelers are three and seven and the Colts are four and six and I, one. This. When they were promoting the um, upcoming Monday Night Football game, they're just talking about football in general and they plastered the Colts. Steelers at the end. They're like, oh, isn't <laughs> that's football what, great? <laughs> that's also, what they used to do uh, for Braves. For the Braves, when the Braves were bad in the 80s, yeah. they, would prom- they wouldn't promote it as the, as the Atlanta Braves. They would promote it as National League Baseball <laughs> on the Superstation. Come watch Chicago play. That's right. They would never, never talk about the fact that the, the 40 and 80 Braves are also going to be on the television that night. Man. Unrelated, but I was watching that. I, I bet on the Colts, not the Colts, the Chiefs. Uh, who the fuck bad team were they playing last night? The Texans, maybe, or something? I don't know. Whoever the, the Chiefs Rams, were playing. The Rams. The, the Rams, that's right. Yeah. The fucking three-win Rams. Yeah. And, and I bet on the fucking Chiefs to cover a big number, 16 and a half, and to go over and they ended up kicking like fucking five field goals they kept they looked like georgia when they got inside the 10 yard line suddenly patrick mahomes and the offensive line became stetson bennett and the georgia offensive line and it was just they could not get the ball in the goddamn end zone to save their lives if it had just happened like twice it would have hit my number instead i lost money it was very frustrating anyway i'll let you get to your to your football game my fun football all right Good night. Good night. Good night. Fucking Auburn hires Hugh Freeze. What a bunch of bums. I'm not wearing shoes. I don't know what I could fight off. Not well. I'm not wearing shoes. Not a lot you can do. <laughs> you fucking Christian Bale and American Psycho had his sneakers on when he had the chainsaw going. You know, you know, do damage. You're not going to do it barefoot. This isn't Last of the Mohicans. I was going to say, I think that people did a lot of damage barefoot for like thousands of years. Not me, in my soft modernity. Certainly not you. 
go go put my Doc Martens on before yeah. I confront any scratchy noises in the backyard. You can do a lot of things in ignorance, but once you know the comforts, you can't go backwards. No. That's a- He's not just an anonymous coxman or what have you. 